0: Hi, this is Dave of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch with another episode of Take 5. Sorry for the delay continuing our look at Season 2 of Dark Angel, but as you may already know, there's a good reason for the interruption. Well, it's good if you're a classic sci-fi fan that's been waiting for one of the great novels to finally be adapted to the small screen. Today's topics that I'm going to address will be the production of event series from iconic novels, attempts to navigate the wealth of television material currently on the air, Star Wars versus Star Trek, and binge-watching series dumps. I'm presently involved in podcasting about the Sci-Fi Network's three-night event series covering Arthur C. Clarke's iconic 1953 novel, Childhood's End. Wayne, Michael, and I will be producing six podcasts for Golden Spiral Media, which includes an introductory episode, a look at each of the three two-hour episodes, an interview with the showrunner, and an audio presentation of a media call for the series. I had access to media screeners, so I've already seen all three nights, And without giving away any specific plot details, significant changes have been made to the source material. It's ultimately going to be up to the viewer to determine whether or not the changes improve the overall story or whether Clark's rolling over in his grave. So that brings us to this question. Should television or film versions of a well-known novel, one that's universally viewed as significant from a literary standpoint, attempt to stay as true to the original work as possible, Or is it acceptable to update the material to make it more palatable for contemporary audiences? I understand that some scenes must be omitted to keep the film within the 130-minute time frame to which most studios continue to adhere. But what about a six-hour miniseries or event? Account for commercials, and we're now talking about a four-hour time block. Childhood's End is only 220 pages, so I would think four hours is plenty to tell Clark's entire story. Why add a character that's not in the novel and then have her play a significant role exploring a thematic idea that really doesn't appear that much in the novel either? So you see where I'm going here? Since Clark died in 2008, he probably wasn't involved in the making of this event series the way he was with 2001 A Space Odyssey. But I have to wonder what Clark would think about the way his book was handled. I think we need to be true to the source material and let the chips fall where they may. I've said many times that it's a great time to be a genre television fan, and while I still feel that's true, it's also a source of much consternation since I can only watch a fraction of what I'd like to. There's more thought-provoking material out there than ever before, but the biggest change I've noticed in my viewing habits has to do with my rewatches. Back in the day, I'd re-watch The X-Files each summer in anticipation of the coming season, and as the seasons built up, that required more and more of my time. But now, as my DVD collection grows, and no, I haven't yet ventured into the Blu-ray market yet, though, I do have a PS3 and could watch them. I really have no time to actually rewatch anything. I've tried to revisit Battlestar Galactica, but I seem stuck on Episode 4. I'd love to watch Star Trek The Next Generation for the first time, but, alas, also stuck on Episode 4. I'd love to check out an Australian time travel series that's been recommended to me, Charlie Jade, but again, no time. And there doesn't seem to be an easy solution other than retirement. Now, I understand that podcasting has severely cut into my television viewing, what with the need to watch a show at least twice, take copious notes, and if I'm truthful, there are times that I envy our show's listeners. But I love podcasting, so it's just something I'm going to have to contend with going forward. Did I just say going forward? God, I hate that phrase. Speaking of hate, I hate the fact that the majority of my students have never seen even one Star Wars film. Not one. So, of course, they stand by amazed, listening to their teachers talk excitedly about having already obtained their tickets for the December 11th screening. That's not to say that some of the kids aren't excited, because they are, but their parents likely own their own lightsabers and Darth Vader helmets. Now, you won't find me at the film's opening, and it's not because I'm not a Star Wars fan. No. I just don't have any tolerance for the contemporary theater experience. Texting, talking, selfie taking, arriving late, baby crying, you get the idea. But that's not really why I bring up Star Wars. No, I want to address the Star Wars versus Star Trek argument. I'm a child of the original Trek and James Tiberius Kirk will forever be my captain, but that doesn't mean I don't appreciate those who have followed. This is the point where I begin explaining to you why Star Wars just doesn't do it for me anymore, but when Wayne found out I was going to talk about this, he urged me to wait so that we could argue, I I mean discuss, during one of our regular shows. However, one issue that this does bring up is whether or not you enjoy seeing a movie of this scale on opening night, or even opening weekend for that matter. I've gone on record many times about the fact that I'm not a traveler, I hate to fly, and at this point in my life, I won't fly, much to my mother's chagrin. I also don't enjoy being in a full theater, attempting to watch a much-anticipated film while people in front, behind, and next to me continually ask their companions, what did he say? All the while texting to some friend or acquaintance or posting to social media. No thanks, I'll wait. And finally, as Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime begin producing their own series, we're faced with an entirely new dilemma that's caused me to rethink the way we approach new material. Do you take off work for two days and binge watch 10 to 13 episodes, taking only the occasional bathroom break, or do you parse them out? In retrospect, I can't imagine watching Lost in rapid fire succession, leaving no time for reflection. As it was, I rewatched each episode twice, talked to friends who also watched the show, engaged in online discussions, and listened to plenty of podcasts talking about each episode. It's just not the same. I'm not a binge watcher, likely never will be, though I did watch three episodes of The Man in the High Castle in the span of about three hours. No, I like to take my time to savor the episode and really consider all angles, and I think that's why I've been drawn to podcasting about science fiction television. I don't think the Netflix-Amazon model is going anywhere anytime soon, but I don't see myself changing my approach. Well, that's it for this edition of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Wayne and I will be back soon with another episode of Dark Angel, and be sure to check out our Childhood's End podcast that we just published with our friend Mike. You can simply go to our website and watch it from there. You can get it at iTunes, or you can go to goldenspiralmedia.com. We'll see you guys soon. side